Welcome back to JK Mature, the podcast talking about things that matter to teenagers. This week, we're continuing our reviews of movies about high school. And we're starting off with The Edge of Seventeen. So this week for Edge of Seventeen, for a synopsis, it is starring Haley Seinfeld as Nadine, who has to have her only friend slash best friend um, ends up sleeping with her brother, who is this like perfect, stereotypical high school jock kind of guy. Don't you hate it when that happens? It's it really your best it just sleeps with your brother. It keeps happening, and I just I keep telling people like it just sucks. Can you stop? That's a joke. No one's sleeping with my brother. And part of this is Nadine dealing with a lot of emotional trauma from her father's death and witnessing her father's death and the loss of her best friend, as well as finding a new friend slash relationship who gives her a bit of hope, but she's just kind of, she's got a lot of unresolved anger that she lashes out with. Um, Would you say that's about the plot summary, Jack? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Doesn't she consider killing herself at some point? Well, they do. Or, like, probably... not seriously, but, like. That's how they open the movie, um, which is not one of my, like, favorite tropes is you start off with a really gripping moment and then you backtrack. But they do start out with uh, her coming to her teacher and saying, mm, just a heads up, I'm going to jump in front of, a, like, a semi-truck or something. So but I think it, it was probably, like, one of those hyperbole little bit like I don't think she was actually considering suicide yeah because I think it's ends up being because of she, she sends a text to the guy she has a crush on that's a little yeah. explicit or something yeah yeah something like that um but it's yeah I don't love that part where they start like movies do start out with something to grip your attention and to be hmm, look at me and then they backtrack and then they have narration yep that's me you're probably <laughs> wondering how I got here that's like literally how it starts out though. So I don't know. It's a little stereotypical at this point. So what did you think of the movie? Um, well, I think that it, it is very accurate in the sense of a lot of like unresolved issues. I don't think everyone has the same issues as her, but like lashing out um, at parts because you just don't understand what's going on or you do have like things that you feel and you're just dealing with them all at once and it's overwhelming. So I think they got that correct. But part of the movie, I will say, it's not politically correct to today. And I think they're able to, like, most of it is in joking ways. So I think they're able to do that well so it's not offensive, but it's still offensive enough to be an insult, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. Um, I think Nadine's family is an interesting group. So you have Nadine, who is again, lashing out. She's angry all the time. She's been betrayed by her best friend and her brother, but she puts so much of that onto her brother, who is just supposedly this perfect guy, when you see him not, and then she doesn't blame her best friend a lot. She, I mean, she blames her when he just, when she doesn't pick her over um, her brother, but most of it is her yelling at her brother, being like, how could you do this? Stay away from her when it's them sleeping together. It's kind of both yeah, of them. Yeah, two to tango. Yeah. And then you have uh, the mother, who is, she's interesting sometimes because you'll get like a lot of scenes with her. You get um, her online boyfriend that she's going to meet ends up being married. And she's like a little self-centered at some points where I think she went to go pick Nadine up. And then she asked her what happened and then immediately just starts talking about how her day was. 
And doesn't the mother also kind of uh, like give more favor to the brother than Nadine? Oh, absolutely. There, she, you can tell she favors um, her son. I forget his name right now. Darian. Darian. Yeah. Right. Um, you can tell she favors Darian. I think at one point she says, like, how did I raise such a perfect child after just yelling at Nadine and then saying, like, oh, well, she doesn't listen to me, so I'm just going to tell you to fix everything. And basically tells um, Darian to break up with Krista, which is the best friend, instead of just making the house a war. And it, it just, yeah, it kind of sucks that point. It's, it's ridiculous. The writing is cool because it kind of shows you how everyone in the family coped with uh, the death of the father and husband. Right. Um, which happened, like, way before the movie takes place, but... Yeah, I think it's 2011 when her father dies, and this movie takes place in 2016, around that time. So it's yeah. been a while. Yeah, but it shows, like, the roles that Darian takes on and Nadine takes on and the projections that their mother has Oh, absolutely, yeah. Them. Yeah, you can see that um, Darian has kind of become the reliable one, the one who, you know, keeps it more inside and quiets down and does everything he's supposed to, and then their mother kind of started dating and she's trying to move on but she's a little self-centered i think at one point what is it she says to um nadine she's like whenever i feel terrible i just sit and get very still and i think about how everyone else is like miserable and sad like i am and they're just better at hiding it and it's it's a little creepy like it's not creepy it's just unsettling i guess the the whole movie has like a very nihilistic undertone until the very end when things get resolved which I think is like a pretty pretty good representation of the way some teenagers can feel. Oh, absolutely. At a certain time. Like you get to a point of hopelessness or like closed-mindedness about the world where you think that everything's going to stay like it is forever. Right. But as you see with Nadine's like growing relationship with uh, the one artist friend guy that she met, and you know her reconciling with her brother and best friend like things do change right um the best friend or no not the best friend the they have yeah mr bruner who um is the one who she is very alone at points and she just comes to him and it's woody harrelson and he just plays it off so well and then you have um what is her name erwin who is um, the new person she meets. And you get some accurately awkward encounters between the two of them. <laughs> it's This movie is a lot like um, eighth grade. Right. In the sense that it seems to be far more realistic than uh, most other teen movies. Yeah. And Granted, it does... you know, the actors are playing much younger roles than they are. Yeah. But... Uh, it still seems a little more appropriate. Like the dialogue is awkward, like it would be a normal conversation yeah. between teenagers. Yeah, they do. Also, I was reading some reviews about it, and they're talking about how they didn't push um, the rating back because it is in an, it's an eighteen plus movie, I think, just because of some of the like they don't hold back from what actual teenagers would say and how cutting teenagers would be when they snap or they swear or anything. Like they don't hold back from that and that's really cool i think right 
It's amazing. We're really hoping for teenagers to sound like teenagers. <laughs> I know. It doesn't seem like a lot to ask for, and yet... Yet here we are. <laughs> Just bare minimum. But did you find any other points that you really liked or really disliked? I thought Haley Steinfeld and Woody Harrelson especially did really good job uh, in the acting. Right. Um, I, I noticed some parallels between eighth grade, like when she does go out on a date with or meet up with the boy that she has a crush on and finds yeah, out he's an asshole. It's a lot like the car oh. scene from eighth grade. Yeah, no, that's where he tries to like Nick. pressure her into doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's the one she sent the text to. Her. Yeah, but, but it's uh, it's a good movie. It lets you get in the mind of a lot of different people. Right. But you're also kept to see things from the perspective of Nadine for the majority of the movie. Mm-hmm. So it helps you empathize with her, but then kind of pulls a one eighty on you towards the end and you can finally see how you know her brother's been coping with it or something like that yeah i think you're right they do a very well balanced between nadine being the main character and you seeing it from her point of view and also allowing it or allowing you to see how other people think and other people's reaction to to this scenario i think they do that really well Mm -hmm. Um, so i think last week we did rating it out of 10 for accuracy and how much we enjoyed it though Right. Or two ratings. And I think I would give this out of 10 for accuracy, probably 7.5 around there. And then for how much I liked it, I'd probably give it an 8. Uh, 8 at 8.5? What do you think? Yeah, I would give it an 8 across the board, I think. That's fair. It's a really solid movie, genuinely. Yeah. It, it's, uh, quite, it's quite uh, enjoyable. Edge of 17 was directed by Kelly Freeman Craig. And this was her directorial debut, which I know I saw a lot of people being excited because they did not expect this from her, right? So. Yeah, and we will be looking at another movie that's a directorial debut, but we'll get to that uh, after mm-hmm. this one. So the next movie is the cl- classic American Pie uh, from 1999, directed by Paul Weitz. And boy, do we have a lot to say about this definitely one of those movies it's easier to talk about the things you dislike than you like yeah um, so yeah. you I, I know you wrote a description of the movie do you want to read that out loud i copy and pasted it from somewhere but yes i will read it <laughs> um so american pie is about this group of boys in high school just before they graduate it's kind of stereotypical in that sense and they are all virgins and so they want to lose their virginity and so have to do it by prom and there are some very interesting things that happen because of um, their drive towards this goal I will say and then they kind of they do learn some lessons about themselves and each other and there is some learning yeah I I guess (laughs) guess. in some of them there's a little bit of character growth in a few of them Uh, I'll just be honest I was incredibly uncomfortable for most of this movie just because I was I think in shock kind of not shock but like just what is happening why is it happening it's cringy mixed with um not correct mixed with why (laughs) you kind of have to look at it like from the lens of the time it was released definitely yeah I'm not saying that it makes it okay but you can at least understand why 
the jokes were so common and why they'd be considered funny. Right. Because they didn't have that level of, you know, political correctness or moral righteousness, if you will. I think it's... Let me preface this by saying that I hate the word raunchy, which is what <laughs> Kay actually wrote and, or no, copied and pasted in the description of this I'm film. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate that word so much. It's what Google said. I, I mean, I think it, it speaks well to the, the character of this movie because to me, raunchy just means kind of like Ugh. comedically sexual. <laughs> yeah, I know that's what it means. It's just, I don't like how it sounds. No. Um... But I'll be honest, I very much dislike this movie, so I don't really care. <laughs> Raunchy sounds fantastic for this. It does. I don't. Okay. I don't like the movie either, but I don't like the word raunchy more. Okay. Everyone, we have uh, established Jack really hates the word raunchy. <laughs> <sighs> Just say what you think about the movie. Okay. My first point about this movie was I want death, so there's my starting point. And the movie got very minor points for talking about the sex that they wanted to have before graduating. Uh, it had to be consensual, not from uh, sex workers. So, yay, they got some points there. They got some points for talking about um, females having orgasms and wanting to please her too. Um, and they also had this very odd scene that this is negative points they get like minus 16 million points where they broadcast uh this girl changing and dancing around and yep they just broadcast her to the entire school yeah that one's it's not even like you can't even defend it saying that it was an accident because they were going to broadcast it to at least a few people yeah it was it's yeah that's morally reprehensible and also illegal so but also it was weird because part of it is she wanted to get changed because she had just come from ballet i think in this guy's room who was going to help her with studying i remember none of these characters names by the way so it's just one of the guys um and then she finds his porn magazines and starts masturbating to them which was who does that i i don't know um, I think a lot of people do that. You think a lot of people walk into someone else's room who they've just met, find their porn magazines, and start masturbating? Well, no, them? not that specific. I thought you were talking about just masturbating. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm talking about this specific scenario. She's literally just met this guy and decides this is okay, and it's, oh boy. Yeah, well, I mean, you gotta live a little. You're a high school senior, for God's sake. I think the whole situation is very uncomfortable and very odd. <laughs> Fine. Okay. And then <laughs> the, one, the one character I did like was the same guy who was streaming this. His father, probably the best character. He's super... Oh. <laughs> he's accepting. Yeah. Eugene Levy. Yes. He is such a good... He's very progressive in the fact that like he walks in... They start the movie walking in on their son masturbating. And he's just like, okay, this is great. And then ends up giving him some porn magazines and like explaining it and talking, trying to talk. It is uncomfortable, you know, that's how it goes. And then he's trying to urge his son to like find a lady. And then he, at one point he comes home to his son um, uh, screwing a pie. Hence the name. 
Yeah. Uh, which he takes incredibly well. Overall, father, probably the best character. He was understanding. He was accepting. He urged his, his son to try to pursue sexual acts if he wanted to. Um, he was just a very chill guy. <laughs> I liked him. <laughs> What did you think about this overall mess? Um, it's a guide on how not to be <laughs> when approaching yeah. sex. Yeah. Um, it's pretty messed up. The guys, the guys are horny, and that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty realistic. That just happens for most people. But one of the is- issues is that um, you know it's a very male focused kind of approach to sex. Right. Like you only see it from these horny dudes outlooks. Yeah. And sometimes like for the majority of the movie they see women as like a means to an end which doesn't sit right with me and I kind of get some incel vibes from them. Yep. I'll give you that. (laughs) Uh, But it could be commentary but that's giving a lot of benefit of the doubt yeah it's probably just played for laughs because you know haha boys are horny yeah that was one of the things i found weird in the movie it's genuinely probably like an hour and a half of this is the only plot line it's just them having sex which like i guess makes sense because it's the point of graduation and i guess it is the point of the movie but it's just odd to have an entire movie just talking about sex. Barely any other character development. Um, and if this is realistic, I'm confused. I will have to uh, bow to your greatness and information on that topic because I have no idea if that's realistic. About men just being horny all the time? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's not really realistic. I mean, it kind of depends on the person, but I don't think it's all that common. Mm. Yeah, this was... I, I'm hoping it's an extreme. It's, yeah, it's like hyperbole for the sake of comedy. Right. Okay, well, that's fantastic, at least. Because yeah. I was genuinely a bit concerned on what on earth I was Al- watching. Also, like, don't be friends with people who live stream people stripping unbeknownst to the say, person yeah. stripping. Yeah, that's just... It's illegal. Report them, because that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah they're bad people yeah i think overall my review of accuracy this is also from a female perspective i guess so it is a bit different um i would probably give it like a two i don't think it's very accurate my enjoyment of it would be like a 0.1 i hated this movie i was super uncomfortable and I wish we could see my face after watching it as I walk downstairs to just, I don't know. Oh, boy. Yeah, I would, I would give it like a three for realism and a one or two for enjoyment. Like, there are a couple funny jokes. Yeah. But the rapiness kind of outweighs all of that. As it should. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so, the next film. Booksmart. Booksmart. Literally. Such a good movie. This is 
my rectorial debut of Olivia Wilde. Yes. And it came and out when? 2018, I believe. 2018. So give us a rundown on the plot. Okay, so Booksmart is about these two students called Molly and Amy, and they're kind of like the nerdy type. They did everything correctly, as a, like you would expect. You know, they were pre student president, all this kind of stuff. And they never partied. They go to the library. They're going to Ivy League colleges. You know, like the basic level of good girls. You know, Spencer Hastings kind of neuro... No, not... What is it? Not neurotypical. That's not the word I'm looking for. Anyways, um, like Spencer Hastings level of focus. Who's um, Spencer Hastings? Yeah, uh, Pretty Little Liars. Oh, I never watched that. It's too bad for you. Anyways, um, just like the very focused on schoolwork, thinking that and you kind of get like full of yourself from that because you think, oh, I'm doing it correctly while these other idiots are, they're wasting their high school, that kind of thing. And then they realize where they find out that every other student is still going to a good school and they had the opportunity to both party and to study. And that both Molly and Amy have kind of, they're the ones who wasted their high school time because they didn't party. They were the ones who thought, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work now and it's gonna pay off later. But it turns out everyone is going to the same place they are. And then they want to do like the, we're graduating, let's go free and we gotta live out our high school experience one night kind of thing. Right. Which sounds like a cliche, but I can't actually think of many movies that do that. I guess. I think I, you see it a lot, though. I, I feel like I see it a lot. That's like, I, I know it sounds common, but I can't name any movies off the top of my head where they do something like that. The wanting their last night to be great or the studious part? The like, gotta do all of it all at once kind of I guess something like the to-do list which was like oh yeah in the summer I don't know I digress it actually came out in 2019 sorry um okay. but I I really love this movie I watched it because I loved Olivia Wilde she's in one of my other favorite movies but it and it ended up being such a good film for really breaking those kind of characteristics and classifications that we see in the Booksmart that we talked about um, a couple weeks ago, in that you have to be either one thing or the other, and how we talked about there's a lot of fluidity now today, I think. Um, I think it represents that really well, especially with the, there's teenagers who get to party and they get to work and they still have great lives kind of deal. Right. Um, oh, I also think that there is some points where you realize that their liberal views, because they are both liberal leftists, more on that side of the spectrum, they really represent, I think, the theoretical um, political side, where it's always, oh, we need to fix this in general, in society, but in your own personal life, it's a lot harder to fix. So I think especially Molly classifying everyone as either like, oh, they're going to suck they're gonna be just like the stupid skater guys or everybody's the mean girls that kind of classification i think that they've looked so far past the political views in their own life that they want to fix everything outside and then they don't realize how they could fix it from their own perspective in their own life okay yeah that makes sense 
this is a good time to mention that I didn't get to see the movie. Um, I left oh. this research to the last minute, <laughs> and I thought it would be on Netflix, and it wasn't on Netflix, so I just read a Wikipedia plot synopsis. Well, then what do you think from your, your synopsis? It sounds like a quality movie. Um, you know, it sounds like nothing revolutionary, but it does sound fun and probably has some pretty meaningful points. Uh, decent resolution. Uh, I, I can understand the fear of, like, working really hard, thinking that you're going to come out, at least that it's going to pay off and come out on top, like, as opposed to everyone else, and then realizing that you wasted a lot of your time only to be at the exact same place as everyone else. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's realistic or not. Like I, I, mean, I But it also, you got to take into account things like class and... Uh, legacy students right you know because you're gonna have some really dumb people getting into harvard because their dad went there yeah i mean i think it's personally realistic because that's how i was for most of um my grade nine grade ten was very categorizing people and being that stereotypical oh we gotta beat the, the drama girls and that kind of stupid stuff which yeah, now i really very hard post <laughs> You were a drama kid. You shush. I am um, not. I took one were. drama class. <laughs> drama kid. I took one drama class. I took okay. zero. I win. Yeah, but you were a music kid. Well, shut up. <laughs> like, consistently. Shut up. I'm not being called out like this. Anyways. <laughs> don't bake the cake if you don't want to eat it. Okay. Yes, drama kid. I'm a music kid. Moving on. Anyways. Um, I think... I do have to point out that it had both a female director and um, four female writers, and that it also stars uh, a queer girl as one of the main characters. Um, and that is a plot line that she like really wants um, to, she really wants, I don't know, sorry. She really likes this girl. And so that's cool, but it is part of the, I don't know, I kind of feel like, what is that quote? Frick, one second, give me a second to find that quote. <laughs> It's a Sonic. Who's the guy in Sonic? Hedgehog. Yeah, I know Sonic the Hedgehog. Knuckles. Knuckles. Shadow. Shade. It's Knuckles. Whatever. The Knuckles feminist quote. What's the Knuckles feminist quote? Okay, here. Sorry, um, but in calling out that it does have four female writers and a female director, it kind of reminds me of this wonderful Knuckles quote from Sonic Boom where Knuckles says, anytime someone calls attention to the breaking of gender roles, it ultimately undermines the concept of gender equality by implying that this is an exception and not the status quo. So... Did Knuckles really say that? Yes. Wow, that's really cool of Knuckles. He's a cool guy. <laughs> um, his next line is then, what, I can be a knucklehead and a feminist, so... Good for him. Good for Knuckles. So there is that, but I do think, especially in a time where there is still um, disparity between writers and directors, that it is important to like, have women directing female stories, as well as if they can do it well, men's stories, anything like that. It's a different perspective, and I think having that and being aware of that is important. Yeah. I think totally. if you're in saying that Olivia Wilde is a good director, 
and she just happens to be a female, it helps being like, oh, well, she did well in the box office, especially for the executives that care about that. We should get more of her. We should get more um, people who write like this. We should have more um, to give the people what they want, right? So I think that is a good thing. Yeah, it kind of brings us closer to a true meritocracy. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to um, talk about overall is that, do you think that the movies which are more focused on females um, are more realistic than the males' movies? From what we've seen, I would say yes, because most high school movies that are about females are about, like, maturity. Or, okay, I'll extend past females. Uh girls and queer uh, stories tend to focus more on maturity and coming of age. Meanwhile, especially just the standard teenage boy comedy is almost always about sex. Which I think is a shame and kind of promotes that culture of obsession around sex for boys like if you don't want it and you're not pursuing it then you're not a real man sort of thing right which i think is unhealthy for everyone it is yeah so that's one thing i've noticed especially as we review these movies is it's it's very interesting to look at overall and think about how we can change this or what the future will look like hopefully that's a great question though i I wouldn't have thought of that on my own (laughs) thank you um, so what would we, you give uh, Booksmart for your realistic rating from reading a synopsis and your enjoyment of the movie that you did not get to watch? From the synopsis, I would say it is like a six, six in realism. Solid. And a seven or eight in enjoyment, because I'm just imagining that it would be pretty good can you say that again because he kind of blew into the mic uh so for enjoyment i'd probably say seven or eight because i imagine it uh it would be pretty good thank you (laughs) um so i think i kind of have two different not two different but two perspectives from the reality point of view because from my experience i think it was very realistic and close to my experience so i would probably give it a nine but overall from what I've seen from high school, I would probably give it, um, you know, seven and a half, eight, because I don't think a lot of people, or hopefully not a lot of people had the same experience I did, but I think as they loosen up, you can find more to relate to in that sense. And then for my enjoyment, I would definitely give it like a nine as well. I really enjoy this movie. I've watched it multiple times. Um, I think it is an important movie for a lot of teenagers to see, just, it's, it's a good movie. <laughs> If only I were able to see it. If only. Where did you watch it? Um, I watched it originally. My family downloaded it, um, which is an interesting thing because there is, um, uh, not graphic, but it is like the the queer character. They She does end up having sex with another girl. Which, oh, right. I read about that in the plot synopsis. Yeah. You know, it's always the, I want to be able to have this be normalized but also watching as my parents would be extremely uncomfortable 
I mean, watching uh, any sex scene with your parents is uncomfortable. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I we had downloaded it there for something, and I watched it there originally, and then I watched it again online. But it's a really good movie. I think I read a lot about Olivia Wilde and how hard she pushed, especially for such intimate scenes or such um, meaningful scenes, how she really wanted to create a good environment. And reading about that, I was really impressed, especially I think for, there's, they have a fight at the, not the end, but of course, you know, they have to have a fight for the third act. Um, and they did that in one take. And, really? Yeah. And the two main actresses, they ended up living together for a lot of the time. Um, they had one of the main actresses actually is queer, in, which is it's the opposite, actually, I think, which is funny. So they have a queer um, character who was played by a straight woman and a straight woman playing a queer character. Queer okay. Character. Eh, whatever, you'll figure it out. You know what I mean? They switched it, which is, it's just amusing to me. Um, but yeah, so that, it's really impressive, her talking about how much she really wanted these actors and actresses to feel safe and allow them to actually be a part of their characters and changing some things. Well, that's, that's great, yeah. There we go. There's our teen review movies. And that concludes our uh, two-part review on coming of age and teen movies in Hollywood and their uh, realism in representation. Uh, tune in in the next couple weeks when we talk about party culture, and that will probably be close, if not the last episode of the high school miniseries. So Woo-hoo. thanks for listening and good night.